Welcome to A Flame for Christ. Tom lays to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. So here we are, back in Ordinary Time. But Ordinary Time is not called that because it's boring time. Rather, it's called Ordinary Time because it's ordered first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday of Ordinary Time. It's something that goes in a logical order. And of course, we wear green during Ordinary Time because green is a symbol of growth. But growth in what? Growth in holiness. If I had to pick one theme for Ordinary Time, I think it's the theme of holiness. Ultimately, that's the goal of the Christian life, to be holy. You know, and even today's scriptures bear that out. For example, St. Paul writes in the second readings, he says, I write to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy. Now, I know some of you are sitting there thinking, well, that's fine, but I'm not a priest or a nun. But listen to what Mother Teresa said. She said, holiness is not the luxury of a few, but the simple duty of you and I. Holiness is not the luxury of a few, but the simple duty of you and I. And that was one of the main themes of the Second Vatican Council, too, was this universal call to holiness. In fact, one of its great documents taught, quote, All the faithful of Christ, whatever rank or status, are called to the fullness of the Christian life and to perfection. Wow, to perfection, right? So we can't just excuse ourselves and say, well, I'm just not that into my faith, or, oh, I go to church on Sunday and that's enough. No, the truth is, all of us, young and old, no matter where we are in life, are called to the heights of holiness. But let's look at what is holiness and how do we obtain it. So first of all, holiness does not mean that a person prays all day. Unless you're called to the cloistered monastery, most of us have jobs to do and we have to work in the world. But that's okay because we, have, we can achieve holiness in our own vocation. You know, it was St. Francis de Sales who wrote in the late 1600s the, most, uh, the first and one of the most popular books for lay spirituality. It was called The Introduction to the Devout Life. And in it, he has this great quote. He says, When God created the world, he commanded each tree to bear different fruit according to its kind. So he bears Christians to bring forth the fruits of holiness, each according to his own vocation. A different form of holiness is required of the nobleman, the artist, the servant, the prince, the young person, and the wife. I think that's a great analogy, right? There's different fruit trees in the world. We've got figs and apples and grapes. And yet, nevertheless, the same rain falls on all of them, but they produce different fruits. And so it is when God's grace penetrates our hearts and calls us to holiness, we're going to live that out in our own specific vocation in a different way. Another thing that holiness does not mean, though, is that holiness does not mean that we don't ever have any fun in life. Sometimes we think that to be a holy person, you have to be very serious and dour. But nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, St. Teresa of Avila said, "A a sad saint is a bad saint. A sad saint is a bad saint. Because if holiness is what we were made for, then when we pursue it, we find abundant joy and life. In addition, holiness does not mean that we have to do something extraordinary. I know I tell a lot of stories about missionaries and martyrs and people who fast on bread and water. And a lot of times we may say, well, that's way too much for me. So, but the truth is you don't have to do that. Holiness can be found in the ordinary, everyday life. Okay, so if that's what holiness is not... What is holiness? To put it simply, holiness is union with Jesus Christ. That's it. Which makes it different than goodness. Because goodness is something we can achieve on our own. In fact, most of us are already pretty good people. But holiness is what God does in us. 
We certainly cooperate with it, but nevertheless, it's really his initiative. It's his grace, his living and dwelling in us. In him, we live and move and have our being. And so holiness is living out the life of Christ and the virtues of Christ in union with Christ. So how do we become holy? Well, first, we, imit- we, we seek intimate union with Christ in daily prayer. You know, the New Year just passed, and a lot of times we make New Year's resolutions, and perhaps a lot of us have broken New Year's resolutions already. But one New Year's resolution that we should seek to make is the resolution of daily prayer. It matters less how you pray, it matters more that you pray. As long as you take that 15, 20 minutes a day to reconnect with the Lord, you will find deep happiness and deep holiness. And so you could pray the rosary, you could read scripture, go take a walk out in nature, speak to Christ from your heart, listen to Christian music, whatever it is that's your time with Jesus. But you need it because without it, we don't have that intimate connection with Christ, which is the foundation of holiness. But finally, you know, once we seek that intimate union with Christ, then our next job is to eliminate any obstacle to holiness in our life. Well, first and foremost, of course, that's sin. Listen to how John the Baptist introduces Jesus in today's gospel. He says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, recognizing that that's one of Jesus' main jobs is to take away our sin. And so by coming to confession and repenting of our sin, we're going to find holiness start to flower in our life. But sin is not the only obstacle to holiness. A lot of times we have habits that, while in and of themselves may not necessarily be sinful, still can be temptations, near occasions of sin, or just simply not living the fullness of the Christian life. For example, maybe we find ourselves lazy. You know, we're not, uh, we're not praying as we ought, or we're not helping around the house as much as we should. Maybe we find ourselves spending time with friends who always just drag us down and cause us to fall into sin. Maybe it's, you know, reading books or articles on the internet that start to make, make us doubt our faith. Maybe we just simply pack our, our weekends and our days with so many activities that we don't have the time for prayer or for the weekly worship of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. So anything that really prevents us from living these lives as Christ wishes should be eliminated as it's a stumbling block to holiness. I think when it comes down to it, though, holiness is an orientation. It's a life seeking Jesus, living for Jesus, being in union with Jesus. And as much as, you know, we may stumble and fall and and sin along the way, the fact is we will still grow in holiness if we repent, get back up, and continue to pursue him day by day, being transformed into his likeness. I want to conclude by sharing the story of two saints who became saints living a very ordinary life. They didn't do too much extraordinary things. And that was St. Louis and Zeely Martin. So Louis was, had a desire to become a priest, but couldn't learn Latin, and so dropped out of seminary and became a watchmaker. Zeely had a burning desire to give her life to God as a nun, but her health would not allow it, and so she dropped out of the convent and became a maker of very fine French lace, which was very popular at that time in the late 1800s. The two of them met, fell in love, and ended up getting married, but they knew that their family life had to be centered around God. And so how did they do it? Well, they had five daughters that survived infancy, and so they would take these five daughters on pilgrimages to some of the most beautiful and sacred shrines all over France and Italy to really kind of deeply root the Catholic faith within their life. They had a very wonderful, beautiful home, and Louis turned one of its rooms into a little chapel so that they could always pray together as a family. Every day, they made sure to include three things in their daily routine, work, recreation, and worship. 
And the three of them became a routine that their family would go through every day, a very good kind of orderly family life to, to hopefully make holiness so attractive to the girls that they wouldn't want anything else. And in fact, it was so attractive that all five of the daughters became nuns, and the youngest of the daughters became a saint, St. Therese of Lisieux. Now, towards the end of Lewis's life, he was afflicted with dementia, and yet he kept saying over and over again, all for the greater glory of God, all for the greater glory of God. When the two of them passed on, they ended up becoming canonized together, the first and only married couple to be canonized together in the history of the church. But I love their story because their story is so normal, so unremarkable. They didn't do anything extraordinary, but they found holiness by living their everyday life for God, showing us that every single human being can achieve holiness. Whether you're a school child, a parent, a retiree, a laborer in the workforce, everyone. So my friends, pursue holiness and turn ordinary time into an extraordinary time of grace. Grace.